Welcome back to the Cape League and his Communities podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie Carboni. This week, I had a special guest and the pleasure of speaking with Lou Merloni. Merloni and I chatted about his baseball journey through college, the Cape League, and then the MLB. Lou Merloni played for the Cape League in 1991 and 1992, first with Bourne and then with Kituit, before going to play with the Red Sox for six out of the nine years in the major leagues. Did you... So the first question I have is, did you grow up knowing what the Cape League was? Yeah, I did. You know, and it wasn't like I used to spend summers down the Cape um, and went to a bunch of games as a kid. But, you know, I remember going to a couple of games, but it was more of knowing what the Cape League represented. You know, and I knew that it was, you know, one of the best summer leagues and, and some of the best players in the country. And if you were lucky enough to just play in that and participate in it, you know, it was quite a goal. So it was always something that I knew about. Yeah, it was always, not a rumor, but it was always there and you knew that one day you wanted to get there as a college athlete because I read that you went to Providence College, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of guys locally, you know, kind of feel the same way, you know, it's just, you just know that the Cape League is an opportunity for you to go out and play against some of the best players in the country and I think anybody wants to be a part of that. How would you describe the Cape League experience like everything that goes into it you had to live with a stranger in a host family you played with women yep. bats against the best of the best at such a young age coming from your college team how would you describe that experience overall? Oh man it was such a, it was really just a great experience just overall like you said just you know being able to to meet guys that play all around the country, um, that intimate kind of feeling too, kind of like staying, you know, with the family all summer, um, what they're willing to bring you into their household, um, I think is, is amazing. It kind of keeps that league going. Um, it's just a, a great experience, you know, for me, especially a kid at Providence college, you know, playing in the big East, you know, and it's, you know, you, you not that you don't get the respect that maybe you think you, you deserve, but you know, you, if you're playing well at that level, there's always like those major conferences out there, the teams down South. And, and you always wonder, you know, these guys, you're reading all about them in baseball America and how they're all Americans and freshmen, you know, all American, all freshman team. And mm-hmm. you say, you know, can I compete with those guys? You know, I know I can compete in this league, but can I compete with them? Can I hit with a wooden bat? Can I be mm-hmm. successful? Because these are all the questions. Everybody has a dream of playing in the major leagues. And I think going to the Cape League and performing and having success only builds that confidence. There's no question. I don't, I don't get to the big leagues, you know, have a, have a career, um, you know, professional career at all if it wasn't for the Cape League. Yeah, it's like the first step before the, the next step, the minors, the majors. It's like yeah. most, most percentages come from the Cape League and go forward. More background, your best season came at Katuit when you led the league with a 321 batting average, collecting 13 doubles, two triples, 19 RBIs, and compiling a 440 slugging percentage. What would you say was the difference between your experience at Bourne versus Katuit? Did you have anything that really stuck out? Well, I, I listen. I, I love both experiences, and Bourne was outstanding. Gave me an opportunity to play and, and live with the family um, right there, kind of. Right, at the time, we were playing at Mass Maritime, and, and kind of worked on campus, you know, as my job, and it was my introduction to the league, you know. And then the following year in Katuit, I think everybody knows that you know I lived right there at Mass Maritime. So mm-hmm. when I was in Katuit, it was more of like I felt like I was more in the middle of the Cape, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. and kind of was able to enjoy that experience a little bit more. I was a year older. Um, you know, I, th- I felt like 
just that atmosphere alone, it was just a different setting to where you, you hung out with more of the guys on your team, you mm-hmm. know, because not many guys in, in Bourne kind of lived where I was. Yeah. Um, so that experience going to Ketuit, uh was a great experience and a big one for me, too, because after that first year in the Cape, I went back to Providence my junior year and and I did pretty well in Bourne. Um, and then went back in my junior year and had a really good year at Providence and just sort of, you know, felt like, okay, going into the draft, let's see what happens here. And I was drafted in the 36th round and I was, mm-hmm. I was really disappointed that I went so late and going back to the Cape, I had a lot of doubts in my mind. Um, and I remember starting off really bad the first week or two mm-hmm. uh, in the Cape and just kind of really questioning myself and really kind of lacked confidence. And then it just sort of clicked and I got hot. Mm-hmm. At the end of that year, you know, winning that batting title just kind of gave me that confidence that, like, you know what, I don't know, I don't know why I went in the 36th round. Uh, I know I'm better than that. I think I'm better than that. And I felt like the summer kind of showed it. So it just mm-hmm. that yeah. summer was was everything for me. You know, I just, yeah, I needed to get that confidence back. Mm-hmm. I read a story on after you were inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2010 that you shared this steamer story as to why you got so much better at Ketuit that year. <laughs> you think you could share that with me one more time? Yeah, I stay with the Sousas, uh, Barbara and Barry, and, and um, great family, outstanding. And, and I remember, you know, I started getting some hits. Mm-hmm. And I listen, I love steamers. I love mm-hmm. all shellfish. And I remember they brought some steamers back. He went steamers and, and clamming, and, and he brought mm-hmm. some back, and I had just a huge plate of steamers kind of before a game. And I think I went out there and got two or three hits and came back the next day and had, had more steamers and got a couple more hits and they were kind of running low. And, and I just sort of looked at them and, and they were like, yeah, we'll have more here tomorrow. So I started, I think I had steamers every single day for lunch before the game and they were amazing. Um, I was, you know, so thankful for them to go out there and, and, uh, and help me out like that and kind of keep i I'm very superstitious. I think they mm-hmm. realized that. So, it was, they uh, they were outstanding. Yep. Yeah. Are you still in contact with anyone that you spent with during the summer of 91 and 92, whether it's former players or former host families? Yeah, no, not so much players. I know like the Christmas cards with the Sousas, you know, the family I stayed with and, and a couple of the coaches, you know, Roger Bidwell and Jimmy, I mean, uh, Charlie Hickey rather mm-hmm. was my old pro- assistant coach at Providence. So, um, a couple of those guys you know, I talk to every once in a while, but um, yeah, unfortunately, not many, not many of the players. You know, I played against a few of them coming coming up through the minor leagues, and that was always great to kind of uh, get together with them once in a while. Nice. Uh, more towards questions about your experience in MLB, including the six years you played with the Red Sox. Did the Cape League prepare you for the next step, whether it was for the minors leading up to the majors? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, just kind of swinging a wooden bat for the first time mm-hmm. and realizing, you know, it's such a different ball game, you know, and, and how you have to approach hitting, you know, and facing the quality pitching that I think I faced mm-hmm. in the Cape League. I think that really kind of helped me out in the lower minors because you, know, you, you never really know what you're in for, you know, until you, you get to the, say, A ball or whatever it is, high A ball. And, and some of the same guys you had just faced, you know, the summer prior are in that same level and they're successful and you kind of like, well, you know, they're doing well, you know, I knew I could hit them back then. And mm-hmm. so you just, you start, you just gain more confidence and you get more comfortable seeing guys around you that you played with, that you competed with, that you had some success against. And they're kind of climbing that ladder as well. So 
I think just in that regards, playing against some of that best competition. I think if I never played the Cape League and went right for Providence, I would have had those questions whether I belonged or not, you yeah. know, um, in the minor leagues. And, and I think playing in the Cape League, playing against some of those great, you know, the quality players that are already there kind of helped you with that. Did you take anything from your experience on the Cape and applied it to the early stages? I would say this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the first the summer I went to the Cape League, um, I was always playing shortstop everywhere I went. Okay. And they kind of moved me to second base. And it just, that was kind of the start of the whole thing of, you know, being able to play short, being able to play mm -hmm. second. Uh, I didn't play much third in the Cape, but just playing up the middle because everything for me as a young kid was just shortstop. I don't want to move off shortstop. And being able to play second base actually kind of helped me understand shortstop, you know, especially turning double plays, how a second baseman would like the ball or, or you know, and seeing it from that different point of view. And that was something obviously through the minor leagues, being able to play short, second, and third mm -hmm. was a big factor in me getting to the big leagues. I mean, if I just sat at one position yeah, I mean, um, and just said, no, this is what I play, yeah, I mean, you know, then they draft a first rounder could have been a shortstop or a second baseman and you're sort of buried. So they can make a trade and you're sort of buried. But the versatility always got me on the field, whether it was at second, short or third, and it's all about playing. Was were you worrisome at first when you went from say a position you were comfortable with to something that you were more unfamiliar with in the Cape League? No, because I think it kinda hit me early on because I remember playing a lot of um second base uh in pro ball. Mm -hmm. Um and a little bit of shortstop and pro ball. And I remember like my first year in high A, we drafted Nomar Garcia Parra in the first round. Mm -hmm. so, and he joined our team. So he played short every day. So the kid that was playing short kind of moved to second uh, with me a little bit. And that was my first move to third base. Oh. So that was probably a big transition moving to third base. But even you know, at high A and double A, kind of bouncing around a lot. I played second base that following year in double A with Nomar. But after that, it was kind of, just everywhere, you know, mm -hmm. second, third, and short. So, like, having that flexibility, mm -hmm. again, going back to you think you're a shortstop and they draft Garcia Parra in the first round, you're sort of like, well, if I stay here, I'm going nowhere. Yeah. So, that, it really helped. You are a Massachusetts native. How did it feel to be drafted yep. by the team that you watched probably your entire life? Well, it was, it was you know, it's a, it's a thrill. You know, you go mm -hmm. to the Fenway Park your whole life and, and, you know, have an opportunity to kind of be drafted by them um, go to spring training, be around some of the Red Sox greats that I kind of grew up with that are down there helping out um, and just being part of it, knowing that kind of the path kind of leads to Pawtucket, you know, which leads to Boston and just being like, okay, you know, this is kind of local teams and being able to come back and play at home. So it was, uh, it was a great thrill. I think at that point, you'll take whoever drafts you, right? You just want an opportunity to play. So um, but it's obviously it was nice being drafted by them. Yeah, I bet, especially playing in one of the greatest ballparks in the United States. Yeah, yeah. What memory pops in your head when you think of the Cape League, looking back on those years? You know, one of the memories like you talked about already was like the steamers, you know, in the family oh, that yeah. I lived with. But, um, you know, that last time, that last team and get to it, you know, kind of going to finals, losing to Chatham, some of the friendships that I made, <laughs> um, the coaching staffs uh, that I had there. I just remember the, just a close knit community, you know, mm -hmm. the, the people that would come out to the games that you just kind of got accustomed to seeing on a daily basis that were always there, that were always supporting you, mm -hmm. you know, passing of the hat, just like that community feel. Um, some of the jobs that I had, I remember that last year in Katua, it was like, um, I kind of did some landscaping, but it was pretty mm -hmm. much a, 
just our GM's mother's house. And I, I actually learned how to drive a stick that summer. Oh, that's uh, cool. I think he assumed, I think he assumed that I, I could drive it and left me with the truck <laughs> and I'd never driven one before. I sat there for about an hour. I might've ruined his transmission, but I figured it out eventually. Yeah, so that was kind of a nice experience. That is cool. <laughs> Those are good memories. I agree that community aspect. And just the playing, you know, the, oh, yeah. the playing against some of the best. I remember, think. actually, I remember one of my memories was seeing Billy Wagner for the first time. I remember we, uh, couple of the guys were out at night saying, hey, they, you know, one of these teams, I think he was on, I forget it was on Brewster. I'm not sure what team he was on, but, you know, they got a lefty that throws 98, 99. And, you know, at that point, most college kids kind of know everybody that throws that hard. Back then, that was, that was different. Now I know everybody throws 98, but we played them about a week later. And, it, and in Ketuit, we don't have lights. So he yeah. came in to close the game out. And it was one of those moments where, like, you know, maybe you call the game, maybe you don't. And he just he threw a couple warm-up pitches, and we were like, that's not that hard. And he kind of threw his last one, and you couldn't see it. Oh boy. And I think <laughs> after the first hitter, I think I was up like third that inning, and after the first hitter, he struck him out, and the umpire called the game because you couldn't see it. Oh. He's throwing 98, and I was like in the hole, and I'm like, good, game yep. over, time to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, time to leave. <laughs> that's awesome. What advice would you give to a college athlete that could be potentially going this summer to the Cape? I would say focus on why you're there. You know, you're there to get better. You're there to kind of measure yourself against some of the best, take advantage of the opportunity. Um, there's a lot going on in the Cape in the summertime and you can get easily distracted. And, and you know, I think when you, you, you look back, there's plenty of time for it, you know, going out, enjoying the Cape. But you, you have an amazing opportunity to, to play against the best and have a lot of eyes watch you. Make the most of it, you know, put the work in, put the extra work in. Be flexible. Get on the field. You know, it's all about at-bats. It's all about innings if you're a pitcher. Just get an opportunity for people to watch you play and, you know, and try to make the most of it. Um, now, in closing, you're now a former MLB player. Now you are a radio host for OMF show for WEI. Can you explain your journey with WEI? Yeah, you know, I stopped playing. Actually, 07 was my last year because um, I spent one year in, in AAA with the A's, and I just knew it was kind of coming to an end. You know, I actually got hit by a pitch and a concussion. It was a tough summer for me. And I was getting married that off season. I didn't know what I wanted to do, if I wanted to go back into the field again, but I just know that life and be a coach is, is difficult. Uh, it's very time-consuming. And there were some opportunities for the media and I had known, you know, Glenn Ordway before from just playing and, and he just brought me on a show a couple of times and started to do a couple of big shows with him in the afternoon. And that turned into a couple more, which turned into a couple more. And then Nesson kind of took me and put me in the studio. So it's just the media path seemed like something I was very interested in. And, and it just sort of, it grew from there. as like a, like a regular kind of showing up on all different shows to, having your own show and and just trying to figure the business out and how to go to be the best you can at it. So it's, God, it's been, I don't even know how many years now, 13 years and mm -hmm. kind of doing it off and on. And um, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it gives you a good opportunity to kind of talk to the fan base. It's something I'm very passionate about, sports in this town, you know, growing up here. So I look at it as, it's, uh, it's, it's an unbelievable job, you know, to come from, doing what I did to be able to sit here behind a microphone, call some Red Sox games, and I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah, and just enjoy baseball and all conferring, all the community aspects, yeah. all of the enjoyment, entertainment, just so much fun. 
I actually interned at WEI um, the summer of 2019, but for the Dale and Keith show. So we probably passed each oh. other in the hallways. I'm sure we did. Yes, because I actually we had, did. they asked me if I wanted to work for the OMF show. And I forget, I might have had a part-time job or something that inflicted with the time of the show. So that's why I took yeah. 10 to 2 midday show. Yeah, but when I saw it, yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, we definitely probably passed each other in the hallways and I just was a clueless kid back then. <laughs> so did you like it? I did. I did like it a lot. Good. Got me into a lot of editing. I've done that a lot in school, just with Adobe yep. versus the program that WEI uses. But it definitely got me into yep. learning like script writing and editing and all that stuff. All the behind all the good scenes. fun stuff. Now you're a big podcast, famous podcaster. Yes, trying at least, trying to get it out uh, to more and more people. No, that's good. Yeah, those are all the questions I had tonight. I really do appreciate you coming on to the Cape League and its communities podcast with me tonight because it means a lot to get people, especially during this time where it's crazy, busy, especially the holidays, yeah, Thanksgiving's three days away. But, yeah, I know. No, it's uh, any time, Mackenzie. It was fun. Anytime. Thank you, thank you so much. I hope you have a good holiday. And I'll oh, great. Sounds good. Make yep. sure you send it to me. I will. I promise. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, you got it. Have a good night. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Cape League and its Communities podcast. I'll catch you next week for the next episode.